Okay, I think we are recording now. Yeah. So uh, should I start? Yeah, or? you can. Uh, yeah. you can read the, the thing. <laughs> yeah, welcome to uh, Experimental Encounters, uh, where we share our journey towards uh, less friction and more freedom. We explore the sweet spot between ancient wisdom, productivity, psychology and technology. In this episode, uh, I will talk about uh, how I structure my notes in uh, Obsidian. But uh, before that, we will uh, go to our latest encounters. Uh, we are your hosts, Torpion and Kenneth. Let the experimentation begin. So Kenneth, uh, what have you been out to lately? Uh, quite a lot. It's been uh, Easter holidays, so I uh, had lots of nice weather and, and so on. And uh, we've done some work on the house, which is always nice. We, we live in an old rundown house. And every time we do something, it's like Easter and Christmas and birthday all over. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, it's very nice. But um, I found a recipe the other day, which really made me excited because this is something I, I experience all the time. So I found four lines of code for uh, auto hotkey yeah. that uh, makes uh, makes it possible to retrieve any application or window that goes off screen, you know, when you pull this, the PC out of a docking station and then suddenly you don't have that screen anymore and you had an application on that screen. Mm -hmm. And in Windows, it's uh, it's like, oh, how do I do this again? It's it's not very hard, but it, it's always so. You have to like go on the internet or in your notes and see, well, what did I do again? So I just found a script that can get the the window to under where your mouse is. Mm -hmm. So you just um, select it on because it's always on the on the menu bar or task your taskbar, right? Yeah. So you just make the, um, the window active on um, on your taskbar. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you click the hotkey, uh, which is for me, uh, Control, Windows, Alt and W. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's not something I need all the time. And um, then I just put my cursor in the middle of the screen and just click this hotkey and then the the window automatically just pops over to where my my keys and i found it's very yeah very cool because it also happens quite a lot in teams and so on when you share your screen suddenly the the one application could suddenly just pop off to like a yeah. fictitious screen or something and then not not so much in teams but in um in zoom it happens all the time okay and just having this script to easily retrieve the screen is like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's my my little nerdy orgasm for <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm having that issue maybe twice a year. Yeah. So yeah, it's, still, it's, if, it's if you the find same it useful and uh, it's, it's a problem, uh, then uh, it's very nice. Oh, I have it more than twice. I maybe. Two three times a month, I think, because I do yeah. a lot of presenting, and sometimes I do it in in, um, in Zoom because I I'm with other clients, mm. and it ha happens all the time. After I have shared the screen, suddenly my my 
application just jumps out of the screen. It's like, yeah. oh, what happened again? <laughs> so did you put the, the hotkey on a stream break button? No, not yet. So I'm not, not yet. Uh, haven't gotten there yet. So okay. it's something I just found now in, in Easter. So I haven't really, I have this long list of different recipes yeah. to do and I haven't put it on my stream deck yet. So, but this is something I will need like when I'm out and about presenting too. So I'm just, I'll have to memorize this hotkey anyways. So yeah, nice. And uh, an, another nice thing about it, I can just share my screen just a little here. Let's see. <clears throat> so here's my screen and um, I have, I made like a small window here, so I don't even really need to remember the, the hotkey. I can just hover my mouse over here and it says control alt, control win alt plus W. Yeah. So if I just put this, um, uh, let's see, if I put this uh, notepad on another window and I just click it, so. To my so it's um, I find it very very nice um, and especially since it often happens while I'm presenting and it all may always like <laughs> fits me off track is that oh, yeah. I have to do this and just wait a minute and now I can fix it in two seconds instead so wow. yeah yeah so for me it was uh, a small game changer even though it doesn't happen doesn't happen every day or something, but it's no. enough to to disturb me when I'm in the flow and holding a presentation and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my my small thing. Um, but uh, there are so many to choose from, so it's hard. I have to save some for for next episode. I think. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you? Yes. Uh, during the holidays here. Um, I've I've tried to uh, maintain uh, my daily log, my daily note in Obsidian, and uh, what I was using it for as a test now in the holidays was just to write down everything I did, like in bullet points. And uh, first of all, it it was not intentional, but it had a very uh, profound side effect, hmm. uh, which made me uh, reflect on what I do. Of course, if you measure it, uh, you get some attention to it. What uh, I found out uh, was that I was spending less time than I wanted to uh, with my children because uh, as, I, as I looked down at my list, I was uh, fixing stuff in the garden and uh, doing cleaning and doing cooking. Of course, it's part of the household, yeah. but it made me reflect on, hey, I have. I also have to put aside time to play with my kids. Yeah. So I actually changed my behavior uh, mid, mid, or in the middle of the the holiday, and and had more focus on. Hey, I need to set aside time and resources and and prioritize when the kids are asking. Hey, do you want to play? Do you want to do this and that? And I was more aware of that as I was writing things down. I was doing each day. So that was a bit of an eye opener for me yep. to um, to have that in mind. Yeah. And it was very clear when I when I wrote down uh, every line what I have done the whole day. Hey, where are my kids? <laughs> I, I have a holiday now. I shouldn't yeah. be doing all this uh, 
all this stuff, I shouldn't be doing it all the time. I should yeah. also uh, spend time with my kids. Yeah. So I, I focused on that for the last uh, part of the holiday as well. Mm. Very nice. Yeah, it's it's very easy to forget because there's so much to do and it's, there's always more to do than there's time. Yeah. And uh, it's like, I just have to do this and just have to do this and and then I'll maybe have time for the kids. Yeah. And, so. and also the kids are not like, they don't have the same uh, time reference as we have. Oh. They are living right now. So when yeah. they want to play right now, it is right now. You cannot yeah. wait five minutes because then they are somewhere else. So you have to catch those uh, small moments where they are inviting you into their world. Yeah. And uh, you have to, if possible, drop what you can and be there. Yeah. So they feel that you, you are present as well. Yeah, and I always... Um... I always go into this trap of uh, each time the kids want to help with something. Um, mm -hmm. I have like this gut reaction that oh, it's just this will just take a lot of time and yeah. and slow me down. But uh, actually, what they want is not really to to be part of the process the whole time, which would take a lot of time. They just want yeah. to try it. Yeah, yeah. And so when I let them try it and goes like three or four minutes and then they have tried it enough because it's very hard or something and then yeah. then they are satisfied <laughs> yeah so now i try always to say yeah of course try and um yeah the the advantage is that they, they become uh, quite good at things because they they get to try these things so mm -hmm. yeah my i think uh, i feel my um because I changed my behavior, my youngest son is more technical than my oldest son. So yeah. um, even though he's much younger, he's, he's more, oh, I can just fix this myself. I know where the tools are and he can just go and get them and try. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always work, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But, but as uh, long as he's not, yeah. uh, he's, not, he's not fixing your toys, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as he doesn't touch the the table so and the the chain so on those things, I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the those things. Like, what is what is it all for? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're effective in in your work. If, it, if you don't put aside the time for those important minutes with your kids. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Maybe we should uh, move on to uh, the main topic of today. Mm -hmm. So uh, the story behind uh, today's topic is uh, my revisit in Obsidian. I've, I've had, I've had the, the application for, for about a year or so, but uh, there's been a big pause in between where I didn't use it as much. And then uh, I came back recently and right now I'm actually running most of my uh, task management and project management in Obsidian as well. Uh, but I've always struggled how to deal with, you know, the, the structure of, because you have the folder structure and you can also link files together and stuff like yeah. that. And um, then I came across, uh, two different ways of setting it up and uh, I took both of them and made a hybrid system. <laughs> so nice. one of the systems <clears throat> is like on a 
on a big scale, uh, it, it divides my, my structure into some big chunks and the other system uh, is taking care of the details. Okay. So I'm just gonna start my screen sharing now. And uh, this slide deck is made in Obsidian with the, with the slide function. So it's just an Obsidian note I have been preparing for today. So the two systems that uh, I've tried to uh, to combine is the Johnny Decimal system and the Access system. And I will uh, tell you a little about both of them before we dive into the hybrid. So the Johnny Decimal system is uh, is made by a guy called Johnny Noble, and uh, I think we'll put uh, the link in the show notes as well. Um, it's a system where you put numbers in front of folders. And uh, why the heck would you want to do that? Uh, it has uh, different benefits. Uh, the Johnny Decimal number is uh, four digits with a, a dot uh, in between. Uh, the first digit is uh, like an area. And the second digit is a category, and then you have the two digits after the dot, which is an ID, which is like a, a sequential number. Um, so that is the main uh, idea uh, to split your system up into some buckets with about 10 items in each. Um, why is that a good idea? Uh, first of all, if you have a folder structure, uh, the, the way you see it usually is that it is it is sorted alphabetically. If you put a number in front of it, um, you remove the dependency of the alphabet so you can uh, have your own order of things and still have a name behind it and make meaning of that. And also, if there's something new coming into your list or you have to make, you have to make a new folder, you just make a new number and it will put, be put in the bottom instead of it will go in, in the middle of the list because your brain will pretty quickly know where in the list the different things are. But if you put a new thing in the list and it jumps right in the middle, yeah. your brain gets confused and it gets it takes you uh, some more resources to relearn the new structure. So yeah. by putting numbers on it, you, you just add down. So the numbers doesn't mean anything uh, in particular. They're just placeholders, but they yeah. they make sure that the, the structure is more or less uh, the same even though you can add stuff inside of it. Yeah. So there are some rules to the Johnny Decimal system. Uh, first of all, you never store any anywhere other than uh, inside a full Johnny Decimal number. That means uh, for my notes, all my notes will go uh, in the folders, which are the two, two numbers, the dot and the two numbers. So you can have a folder structure with like uh, like structure folders with all the tens, all the twenties, all the forties, and you're not allowed to put any files inside of that. Uh, you have to go all the way out before you you put a file in into that folder. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> and a second rule, uh, which can also be broken, but for the most part, no fold, no more folders beneath a Johnny Decimal number. So the the Johnny Decimal number folder is the last folder and then you will only have files inside of that. Okay, so it's um, so that makes it a 
two hierarchy. Uh, so it's like yeah. two folders exactly. and then yeah. there's always files. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And if you do a little bit of math, uh, theoretically, you will have about 10,000 folders uh, available in this system. So you will practically never run out of it. Mm. Uh, I, I haven't used, of course, I, I've only used a portion of the system and um, I will show you uh, in a little bit. Then uh, there is the access system by Nick Milo, and I'll also we'll put a link to the video in um, in the show notes. Uh, this is more like on a broader scale, like um, how do we how do we distinguish the different uh, kind of nodes in our vault in our Obsidian or in our knowledge uh, management system. Uh, and he has, I think, he has a very nice and uh, clean. Um, definition of, of how we can divide our our files into some big chunks, and um, this is the an acronym called uh, Access A C C E S S, and I will go through each of them. The A is for Atlas, and this is where you will store like your index notes or your maps of content, which uh, Nick Milo is also a big is uh, uh, is much into these uh, maps of content to navigate around your your files. So this will this uh, this area will just contain your index notes, uh, so you can go out in in other notes. Then yeah, we have so it, the, it, it's what it calls the maps of content. Is it? Yeah, is it's just a folder containing all your maps of content. Yeah. In in a, in a way. Then we have the C, uh, the first C, which is a calendar, and that is a time-based notes. And this is where you will put your uh, daily notes or journal notes or monthly notes, or maybe uh, if you have minutes from uh, meetings, uh, things that are related in time, basically. Mm. Then you have the, this, the second C, which is for cards, and the, a card is like a a note which hold one single piece. It, it re represents one single piece of uh, a physical thing or uh, a concept. So it could be uh, one of my cards uh, is like people cards. So I have a I have a template for a people uh, relation note where I can put the the name of the person and then some information about that person. Yeah. So one person is one card. Also. One uh, one permanent note in my uh, you know like settle cast and setup. One permanent note is one card. One uh, one literature note is one card. Yeah. And also uh, um, yeah, we'll come back to. But but it's like separate things uh, that is not related to uh, to time, yeah. basically. Then we have uh, the first, uh, the E, which is for extras, and this is where you you store uh, your utility notes. That could be in Obsidian, could be your uh, templates, for example, or I also store notes about Obsidian uh, information I want to retrieve fast for how to do callouts or something like that, or notes about the different plugins I'm testing, uh, like that. Yeah. It could also in the extras is also a reference system or checklists if you are in the GTD yeah. side of it. 
Then you have the first S, which is uh, sources, and then the, the sources will contain all your uh, notes about when you're reading a book, then one one book will be uh, uh, one book will have its own note, which is like a it's it's just a source note which contains uh, the author and uh, other metadata about the book. And it's, I will also link to my literature notes in that book, so I can go into the book and then there's a lot of links to each of my literature notes to that book. But the sources are like in one place. Uh, so it can be books, it can be uh, videos, podcasts, uh, whatever articles you've written. written. Yep. So this is where you you draw yep. your information from to work with it. And then you have the last uh, section, which is called spaces, and that that in the GTD world, it will it will relate a little bit to your areas of focus, your bigger areas of your life. Um, maybe you're some you have a, a private section, you have a home section or a work section down in here. It's also in the spaces where I have uh, my GTD space, which is its own uh, its own system underneath this S. So this is uh, Nick Milo's uh, way of structuring. He also has a uh, a structure or a category before the A, before the Atlas, which is called he's calling encounters. And that is where uh, I also use that. And that is where I put all my unfinished uh, and new notes, empty notes. I, 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 I tend to link to notes I haven't created yet. So yep. one day I will I will elaborate on it, and I will have it will already already have a lot of backlinks from other other notes. So the encounters is like unfinished uh, notes and notes in progress, and also books I haven't read yet, but I've prepared to to take them into my system. So what is uh, what is it? One of the benefits of the areas is it makes it easy to color code your graph uh, if you want to look at it, if you want it to be, I don't know, if it, I don't use it that much, but I think it's it's a nice way to, to color code by these big areas. Uh, and round I mount, mine looks like this. So I have like, for one, uh, for the uh, Atlas, calendar, cards, extras, sources, spaces, and encounters. Encounters, I've painted black because they're like black holes in my system. Uh, they need to be filled out with information. Mm -hmm. So in this way, you can you can pretty much see uh, all the red ones are like the index notes, uh, which some of them are linking out to a lot of other stuff. Uh, so it's just a way to to visualize it and and to take advantage of these colors uh, if you if you are like a visual person. Yeah. Then. Uh, I combined this, uh, these two uh, systems, the journey decimal system and the axis, and um, it looks like this. The axis is like the areas in the uh, in the journey decimal number, mm. which means that each area gets a digit. So all the tens are atlas, twenties are calendar, thirties are cards, forties extras, fifties are sources, and sixties are spaces. And then the categories and IDs come. Uh, underneath that one. So uh, in the beginning, I have the the first folder is like encounters, and I have a cooling pad for my empty notes mm -hmm. and uh, seats and uh, to read. Um, um, and will you? So when you change a cooling pad, like when, if yeah. you have like you I change will, it will, from zero zero it, to zero yeah. one and then zero two. 
Uh, so the cooling pad, yeah, it will it will go down to the seat when I start writing it. Yeah. And uh, there's a hotkey to move the file inside Obsidian, and I'll just start. I'll just start to 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 write out the number. Yeah. And it will quickly. You can quickly find the the folder that you you want to send it to. Of course, you need to know the number. Yeah. So in the number one, I have uh, I've divided it up. I also have uh, some other um, maps of contents, but this is like um, what I have right now. The 30, 60, and 62 uh, I will come back to. It has a it has a reference to the the structure down uh, further down in the system because um, all the 30s are cards, so you can make this. Um, internal reference yeah so you can use the numbers again then i have the calendars uh, i have my journals in here i have a, a folder with the the um, the old my old journals and then for the current year is just under 20. then i have some letters and then we're doing uh, meal plans uh, i've divided them up into each quarter so uh, we are trying to make uh, make meals that are in that are fit that fits to the season. So I'm just yeah. I just put all my meal plans in four uh, seasons. So mm. every year, the the different years and will uh, will go in the same folder, but uh, but you have the the same quarter. Interesting. And then as well, uh, meeting minutes uh, from uh, work and some other stuff. Volunteer uh, yeah. work. So uh, letters, could you say a little, what do you mean about letters, like the alphabet, or do you mean letters that you write to others? <laughs> this is correspondence letters, two okay. to two, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the cards I have, uh, and this is only, I don't have, here I'm, I'm, I'm deviating a little bit from the Johnny Decimal uh, system because I only use the the IDs when, when I need to. So here all the literature knows are just under 30. Because I don't need to to split it up more. I just need, I just use it in the way I I feel it makes sense to me. So in this example, I all the notes are just under thirty. Like there's no subdivision here. And yeah. the, and again with the permanent notes and the people, I have recipes as well. It's a good example of a, a card. You have a, like one recipe is one card. Uh, different places is also a card and different songs. This is not. This is songs I've written myself. <laughs> this is not uh, because otherwise I have a song section in in my sources as well. Yeah, yeah. And we have the the extra section. I have some templates. Uh, and also in Obsidian, you work sometimes with attachments. Uh, the attachments folder will go here. Then I have the checklists. And again, these numbers will uh, will reference to the system further down. That general reference, and then I have an, an Obsidian folder as well because I'm playing around with uh, some plugins and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is where my test notes, and if I have to see how how did I do that, then I'll put it in here. Then I have some sources, uh, of course, uh, books, podcasts, articles, and so on, and you can just add to what you want. Um, again, uh, this is just like a small, like a book note is like a small map of content of that book. Yeah. Uh, it will not hold uh, 
anything else. It will hold links to other stuff, to literature notes and other thoughts. Um, and then the spaces, uh, I have a space for myself. I have a home space. Zero uh, two is this, uh, it's like uh, rooms inside my house. I've mapped out and linked together with the doors and stuff like that. Very, very silly, but uh, very funny. As well. <laughs> and this is like uh, things, notes about things I have in my house, different things and stories about my things. If I've uh, inherited an old uh, box, yeah. Like this, there is a story behind. There's a story behind this one. Yeah. And this story is inside uh, my notes where I reference it. Very nice. Uh, then I have. Uh, this is not people itself, but it's like more like notes about people, <laughs> not so much uh, as or notes about how I want to uh, work with my relationships, uh, relations okay. with other people. And also work is how, how I would like to to work. Um, sixty four and sixty five is uh, is uh, is charity work. And then the sixty six is the GCD, and that's a big one. So this inside of this is all my system right now. And then I have a a note of the my horizons, so I can I can pull them out when I want. I have a a this this is an a folder containing different notes of actions, different ways of looking at my actions. There's a a note, and then the action will be pulled via via the data view plugin. So there's no uh, typed actions in there. It's all linked out yeah. in, in another. And then I have the active projects and projects on hold and projects someday. And uh, the way, the reason I divided up. Uh, by location is in data view it's very easy to pick out so if i want to look at my projects uh, i have one of the projects lists i can just pull it out and only look and at this uh, at this folder and again i right now and it's also uh, it's not i'm not uh, doing it like david allen says because i'm actually putting all my actions into my project notes yeah. Um, and then they will get a attack with a context. So this tells me, or this is very useful because <clears throat> when I need to put an action list, I will just look for tasks inside this folder. So if I'm going to move a project from active down to on hold, mm. it will automatically filter out all the next actions. Yeah. And uh, and my action list will always be clean that way. But it it um, <clears throat> it requires that you have a seamless uh, navigation in your system and pulling out your projects uh, back and forth and uh, how it is making it easy for yourself to put in uh, next actions into your system. Yeah. And I think I will uh, I will save that for uh, another episode of exactly how I do that because uh, I found a very I found a very frictionless way of, of doing that as well um, Interesting. Mm. other other than that some some actions are not uh, a project they're just in an area and this is where I have these uh, so in inside these I just do single actions yeah. 
and then because I it's, have... it's not something that's done when you're doing it it's just it's a part of your areas yeah, of focus it's also or... recurring uh, household or recurring tasks at work i have to do which is not uh, related to a specific project but to my areas yeah. of focus so yeah. if you see here all the ones or yeah uh, the 20s are like the areas and then you have 30s it's uh, I, I i'm playing around with objectives and key results but it will it's replacing the uh, goals in the gtd sense and then i have my vision and uh, my purpose and the reason why i have them as folders is that i make new notes of my vision and my principles and i have i keep the old ones as well so i'll have a running history of how my horizons are evolving. Yeah. Uh, so they, I will like be in, they will be in one place. I can see the history. So that is why it's not just a note. It's just a, it's a folder with different vision notes in it. So uh, another thing I've talked about, I've talked about already. Uh, it's easy to move notes around when you have all these numbers because when you hit the hotkey to move a file. You just start typing the num, even if you even if you don't only remember the first two digits. Yeah, it will still uh, give you all the rest, and you can quickly find where you have to put it. Yeah. Uh, usually, I when I make a new note, it will go in the root folder, and I'll have to move it afterwards. Mm. Um, and yes, when you when you need a new category, just just make a new number. It's very easy to uh, to do that, and over time you will remember uh, the the ones you use uh, at most. You will uh, start to remember the numbers. Yeah. And again, uh, you can make a cross reference inside the structure, uh, so the ID can refer to an area category elsewhere. Uh, I already showed that, but to reiterate, uh, it creates consistency within the structure. So here we have the 63. The two is like this is a calendar section. Yeah. And uh, the four is like uh, meeting minutes. And the 63 is uh, is referring to my work section. And yeah. again here, number four is extras, and number three is reference, and 63 is work. Yeah. So everything is is uh, is linked together. So. Um, this was my take on how to how to organize uh, my notes in folders um, and how to 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 make it easier for myself to have a placeholder for for everything and to make and for me I'm also putting numbers in front of my project so I'm very fond of numbers because I can it, it tells me something else than 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 the words. Uh, or the titles, and I like the the combination of the numbers and the titles. Yeah. So Very. that was uh, that was basically uh, what I had to tell you today about how I combined these two uh, systems, if you yeah. will. Very interesting. I I I have also like it's like i feel it's like a pendulum so you, you go from one very structured side to the other where you're like organically growing and and some in the end i hope to get yeah. near to where i want to be and um i i just moved from 
um, Microsoft to do back to LogSec because it was starting to hurt too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much friction. Oh, too really, really too much. Like there are some things that are really nice in Microsoft to do, but um, but linking and tags is not one of them. So <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, and it's um, I I could like literally feel my productivity just tenfold increase. Like I got so much more done when I stopped trying to force my GTD system into this flat hierarchy, which which is the yeah. way to do it in in uh, Microsoft to do. And back into LogSec, it's like it was like going from a cramped, uh, small, cold uh, bathtub to like swimming in the warm ocean. So. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so very different. So it's very interesting to see how you have done it there because um, also this color coding of your. Um, I haven't used my graph for much. No, so I can... I'm, I'm not looking at it either, but I just thought yeah. it was a fun thing to to see the distribution between the, the main areas. Um, I was hoping to make some flowers uh, because the the, uh, the the maps of content are red and then uh, some of the other colors are yellow, so you can get some small flowers and in between yeah. are all the green colors, which is the grass and stuff like that. Yeah. Because uh, I can just show you my graph um, a second here, so it's it's pretty packed and being able to filter out all those things that aren't really yeah um, my note because sometimes you just want to see your projects, sometimes you want to see your thoughts on different subjects, yeah. and now you just see everything together, so that's not very useful. So. I don't use this view very much, but uh, no. yeah. So um, the the color there are some colors here, but I'm actually unsure why they are there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I have to have to look into it. So hmm. yeah, very interesting. Um, it's um, it's all and and this is this is the reason we started talking, right? Like just exploring our systems together uh, yeah. getting, getting inspiration getting like it's not that i i see your system as like oh i have to adopt it like really like exactly like it is but there's always something to to take back even if it's just no that wouldn't work for me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so and also but, like uh, broaden the horizon of like uh, there's so yeah. many things to so many different ways to do yeah. basically the same principles and just yeah, to exactly. uh, to embrace uh, the diversity of, of how we do things. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, both you and me are are we. I don't know. I don't know the reasoning for you, but for me, my reasoning for being very structured is that my brain lacks any structure at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So. So I'm I'm very attracted to like hierarchies and like numbered folders and, and so on. That it, I find it very very appealing uh, yeah. since it, it gives me like the scaffolding to put my work on. Exactly. Uh, a final thought are... on uh, a final thought on my my hybrid system. Yeah. The access uh, system with Nick Milo it it lacks the numbers. He yeah. only has some categories. Yeah. And the Johnny Decimal system. It's all about the numbers, but you you have to find out what the, the numbers mean to you. 
Yeah. So the access system was they they fit for me they fit perfectly together yeah. because uh, access gives me an an overall uh, structure of categories how to how do I divide my notes uh, how do I do the overall dividing and the the numbers will do the detailed work of yeah making individual numbers I, because if I, you I, if I, you look I, at the if you look at the the website of Johnny Decimal System yeah and it's a very nice uh, you should you should go and look at it it's, it's very informative mm. he. He suggests that uh, you you start out with from the bottom bottom up, just making your notes and then finding out how to group things together. Yeah. My attempt here was to speed that process up by taking something someone else's overall structure, and then try to fit everything else inside that. Yeah. And it's it's worked uh, pretty well uh, so far, and I'm uh, yeah. I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I think um, I was picturing a, a more of a Frankenstein system <laughs> than you showed now. So it's it's just as you said, you just use that framework to populate yeah. the, the folders in the. Overall, jungle. I didn't break any of the systems. I just combined uh, them. Yeah, because they work on different levels. Yeah, yeah, um, I find that uh, yeah, it was very appealing for me at least. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So, yes. Yeah. Let's see. We also have some other things here. Um, yeah. Did you um, did you have a book recommendation? Yes. I just finished uh, this big book called uh, oh. Freedom: you The End of the Human Condition. Yeah. And uh, this book deserves its own episode some sometime in the future. Yeah, it's by a, an Australian biologist called Jeremy Griffith, and uh, he has practically uh, solved all the problems in the world. And it sounds a bit uh, silly, <laughs> but uh, the more I uh, I read about him or the things that he's done, the more convinced I am that this is the final solution to uh, all the suffering in the world. And this is how we can evolve as a human species into a more um, harmonious uh, unit of like planet Earth as one organism. Uh, it it is a very confronting book, but also very relieving in in the way that it removes a lot of shame and guilt that we all uh, run around with. And uh, this uh, shame and guilt is actually also the reason why we are destroying our earth right now uh, by validating ourselves with uh, external things such yeah. as power fame and glory and it is that which is ruining our world so this book will will explain where this uh, shame and guilt and anger and uh, alienation is coming from and also uh, with the explanation comes a big relief uh, psychologically and that is what we need as a human species so this book will uh, we will talk about it more in a future episode uh, but right now you can go to humancondition.com and listen to a video called the interview which is on the top of the website and uh, it's a one hour uh, video but it will explain the uh, the main topics of uh, of the ideas that you have yes yeah 
it's it's very interesting. It it tries to bridge the gap between, like, uh, you know, let's say philosophy and biology, and that's, and also religion and science. It's yeah. uh, it's all coming together in this book. There's so many. It is so diverse in explanations that uh, it's almost uh, it's quite uh, fascinating that such a simple core idea that he is bringing forward in this book can explain uh, a wide a wide variety of of opposing uh, things we see in our world today and yeah. uh, he does it with the with science uh, basically yeah. so very nice yeah. it's uh, yeah it's it's a very fascinating book i um, i disagree i found i've read some more and i found i disagree pretty strongly with the author on on some other stuff but i find his main idea here is very interesting and seeing how how our biology relates to all these different areas of of the of reality really so yeah it's a, i it's a very thick book as you see <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's not uh it's not very accessible for me as a reader uh, since there isn't I don't think there's an audiobook is is there an audiobook? they are right now they are in they are uh, recording it as an audiobook I should say yeah. that uh, the book is also freely available on their website uh, yeah. as an ebook and you can also print it if you like yeah. because yeah. Uh, uh, the reason it's free is because uh, they 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 have the opinion that this this information is so important that it shouldn't be uh, yeah, it couldn't be behind a paywall. Of course, I I bought the the physical book at a price. I didn't get this for free, but the information is free yeah. uh, inside of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. For yeah. me, it was it became too much. But they are, to, yeah, uh, they are. It's it's like, it's a heavy read, and also because uh, he's writing it uh, in a way that uh, when he's uh, citing uh, someone else. The source is coming immediately after the the citation, yeah. Uh, and it's it's in different. Uh, it's in a smaller text, so over time you learn to skip it if you like, yeah. if you don't like to see it. But you have to get used to reading uh, his books. Yeah. But in the other way, it's very easy to to reference also because he's numbered all his paragraphs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that is, uh, and he's also cross-referencing himself a lot of times in the book. Um, yeah. But if you if you watch the video, you get the main points, and you yeah. can start your journey there. And he doesn't he doesn't either uh, recommend you to dig too deep into this because you will, when you are reading this, you will face your own uh, shadow side, as uh, as Carl Jung said that, enable um, to uh, to live. Uh, and live your life you have to uh, to accept your your shadow yeah yeah and that has now been explained so it's now safe to confront it again yeah <laughs> yeah and um just to uh, to expand on this like this is like the ideal book to have uh, as a test case for the book i would recommend which is uh, how to take smart notes yeah which is uh, like the, the complete opposite in many ways, like how it's written. It's very short uh, I, and it's finally available as an audiobook. So I think it's around six hours to listen to if you listen at regular speed. Mm -hmm. 
and um, and I have some friends who have either they have started studying late or they are pretty much uh, a lot younger than me, so they are now studying. And some of my friends have like they have switched uh, topics for studying up to six times. Wow. <laughs> And That's the insane. only thing uh, some of them have to show for it is like a huge student loan. Yeah. And uh, and I'm I'm convinced that uh, how to take smart notes would have saved them from this. It would have made it possible for them to to finish their degree. And it sounds it sounds very strange, but I think uh, how to take smart notes is as important for those who want to study as GTD is for those who want to to work actually mm -hmm. so it's um and it's it's for me at least at least it made the whole introduction to these tools of thought uh tools that we use like obsidian and logsec and and so on and um yeah so i uh, i haven't really re read books the same way since <laughs> And uh, and I also I steadily come back to the book because there are even though it's short there are so many layers to this that uh, it's just like the GTD book even though mm -hmm. you have read it once you don't really understand it the first time <laughs> so yeah. even though you, you get a lot of value from it so but yeah, it's also it's, a very dense book uh, yeah so there's a lot of he's packed he's used his own dog food he's he's packed it with. Yes. A lot of stuff, uh, and 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 you can almost feel that he has composed this book of many 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 notes, uh, yeah. small bits of information put together. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, he uh, he bases his work on this German guy who called who's called Lumen, and uh, he he says about Lumen that when you read his texts, it's like he's trying to force as much concepts and ideas as possible mm -hmm. into each and every page. And for me, his books, uh, this How to Take Smart Notes book is also like this. It's it's yeah. really not boring because it's every paragraph is like packed. There's no it. there's no filling stuff in between. It's oh, it's oh. every word is counting. Yeah, and even yeah. he has like this. Um, uh, he talks about the shipping container, and every time I get to the shipping container part, I think, ah, oh, here's just the example about like like a metaphor for how you take notes, right? And every time I, I start listening to this uh, shipping container metaphor, it's like, no, he has really packed this part full with ideas and stuff. It's not yeah. just about the story behind it. And so it's really how it relates to taking notes, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, yeah, I, I find it incredibly fascinating. So uh, so of, of all the books that we recommend, I would actually start with how to take smart notes and then yeah. read all the rest. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a nice uh, strategy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. Yeah, uh, so my uh, video recommendation would, would, would be uh, Nick Milo's video about uh, the access uh, system. Uh, go in and, and look at that and uh, take away what you what you can. And, and and ditch the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we do with everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Of course. It's, uh, it's, yeah. I don't have a video recommendation uh, off the top of my head, but um, yeah, uh, I'll find one for next time. So, do we have any quotes? 
to share? Um, I can just find one. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, we will go back to the old uh, Stoics. Uh, Epictetus is saying, any person capable of angering you becomes your master. He can anger you only when you permit yourself to be disturbed by him. So um, a lesson to to learn here is to to feel that every time you get angry, uh, you are giving away some of your own power to the yeah. to someone else um, and uh, yeah we can all use that uh, once in a while yeah yes let's see i saw that the outro was a little different so i'll just copy from the last meeting uh, also, I was thinking about talking about my GTD system in LogSec uh, next yeah. time. So let's see. I'll just did I copy now? Yes. So uh, I don't know why this. Yeah, uh, next time I will talk about uh, how I use uh, LogSeq or LogSec, uh, depending on how you pronounce it, um, for my GTD system. Uh, I just moved back from from Microsoft to do and back into LogSeq. And um, I feel several people will probably have a use for seeing how I organize my projects. So yes, that will be it for this time. Do you want to take us out? Yes, thank you for listening. We would like to hear from you. Give us feedback in the comments if you have any ideas, tips, tricks, topics, or other things you recommend us to look into and possibly discuss in a future episode. Until next time, remember, be curious, attentive, and kind. Goodbye. Yes, bye. Hmm. Yes, I think that was um, a good episode. Yeah, I haven't had time to edit the last one yet, but um, I will hopefully be able this week. So, uh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Another one in the box. Now we have, this is the fourth episode. So now I'm thinking for a podcast, this is like the top 10% of all podcasts ever released. So usually the most podcasts are less than three episodes. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I think you, if you have more than three episodes, you are you have more episodes than like 90% of all 
podcasts in the world <laughs> that okay. I ever released. And if you're more than 10, you're in the 99%, like more than wow. 99%. Yeah. So That's it's crazy. very easy to fall yeah. off. Yeah. So, um, but I think we have we have a lot more to talk about. So I don't think that. Yeah, of course we have. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm excited. Uh, yes. Very nice, Kenneth. Nice talking to you as always. Yeah, so, and uh, uh, looking forward to uh, the summer with the, the summer camp and uh, all the good things that are going yeah, to happen. That will be very good. So yes. Okay. Take care and uh, take care, Kenneth. Two weeks. Yeah. See you. Bye. Bye.